Well, well, well. Sometimes in life, ladies and gentlemen, you find that you don't get what you want, but you get what you need. And that's exactly what I got last night. I got exactly what I needed. And I say this because I went to Game 7 and watched, well, I didn't go to Game 7, but I watched Game 7 with my friend who's from New England. And he's like, hey, let's go to this bar. So this bar's downtown San Francisco. We took the ferry. We go across. And it's a Boston bar. And I knew this, like, obviously, as I was being explained where we were going. And I get in there, and it's just hundreds of Boston fans. It's, like, standing room only. I'm, like, like sardined into this bar. And I'm standing there watching this game. And then they're all rowdy. It's nothing, nothing. And then... They had like some great opportunities to score. Boston did. Couldn't get it done because Bennington was standing on his head. So then they don't score at all. Then they let the Blues score on a pretty rough angle shot. I mean, it was a great, it was a great tip in. So then they makes it one nothing. And then they just let up. Marshawn leaves as they have an odd man rush. He leaves for a bench change, like a like a shift change, line change, then goes to the bench. Then leaves his man wide open. That dude just rips a backhander, like just deeks, deeks Tuka Rask out of his jock strap, puts it in top shelf. Now they're up 2 nothing at the end of the first. And I am just laughing. And I can't, like, like I'm trying to keep my cool because I'm way outnumbered at this bar. And if you know me, I'm, I'm not a Boston fan whatsoever. In fact, I can't stand any part of any of their sports fans or teams. So, but I'm loving every minute of this. Then they score another goal in the, I think at the end of the third or end of the second, and then they score one in the third and it's four, nothing. And then I think Boston gets a little cheesy goal at the end there when they pulled Tuka Rask in like the last three minutes. But then the final score ends up being four, one St. Louis, which is just like poetic. And I got to watch about a hundred Boston fans all simultaneously cry, not really cry, but just be so sad. And they, there's nothing they could do about it. It wasn't like they lost a bad game. It wasn't like they were bad calls. There was nothing. It was just their team played worse than the other team. And it was great. They had nothing to throw back at it. They couldn't sit there and whine about the call. They couldn't. Like they could when that with that bad tripping call, which, yes, it was a trip, certainly. But that happened in the, the second period. So they had a full another 20 minutes. And at that point, it was a one-goal game. They could have easily come back. And won that game, but they didn't. So I just think it's crazy because this is like really interesting to me because I'm not used to seeing like games like this. But if you were Boston and you had just beat them 5 1 in the previous game in game six, and then you had also won games like game three where you won seven to two, right? You're like, we can beat this this team. We can score lots of goals on this team. Right. But then can you imagine that? You you win game six because Game six was in St. Louis, and it was an elimination game because the Blues had won in Boston for game, or uh, they had won in, yeah, they had won in Boston to make it a 3-2 series, and now went to they went back to um, St. Louis for them to win, to try to win game six because it was a 3-2 three, three, series lead, then Boston wins, and they win by a landslide in that 5-1 win. So now... 
they feel good. They just won in St. Louis and they come back and they're like, okay, it's at the gardens game seven. It's tied up. We just won big. Let's keep it up. Right. And then they just lay a freaking egg and it's not all their fault. Like listen to this. So shots. Okay. Boston had 33 shots and St. Louis had 20, but St. Louis hit more with 36 hits to 28. Faceoffs were pretty much tied. There was only one power play opportunity, which went to the Blues, and that was in the first period. They never got any any other thing else than that. But then look at this, the block shots. That's huge. St. Louis had 21 block shots to uh, Boston 7. And then Boston gave the puck up 13 times to the Blues 13, or to the Blues 7. Excuse me. But can you imagine that? That's what makes it so much better to me, is that Boston had their hopes up. They're like, man, we just smacked this team 5-1. And now we're going to go back to the Garden. A chance to win another trophy and have another parade. And then they lost. And then they blew it. And then I watched 100 Boston fans simultaneously sigh and cry. And they're not all bad people. You know, just a few mass holes that... Some people hate, and I just personally, I can't, I don't have like a really a, a leg to stand on, right? The Patriots kick the shit out of the Steelers on a, on a regular basis, okay? I hate them because they're good and they annoy me, right? But I also hate Boston fans in general because they're spoiled. They are. They're extremely spoiled. Okay, there was like this kid who puts up a poster, right? He's like 13 years old. He's seen 11 11 parades for championship teams, right? 11 parades. Granted, most of those are Patriot parades, right? But he's seen 11 parades in his lifetime. Like, they don't know how good they have it. They don't. They need a little, you know, they need they need some, you know, an, an awakening. They need people to, you know, they need to come back down to planet Earth a little bit. It's not like... They're already cocky and arrogant fans. They don't. They don't need any more trophies. They need. They need losses. So hopefully this brings back the city back down to earth a little bit. Maybe the Patriots won't win again this year, but who knows? With Brady there, anything's humanly possible. But the bigger news today, besides the Blues winning their first ever Stanley Cup, which is exciting for them, happy for the city of St. Louis. I mean, besides it being like a murder capital, uh, congrats, you got your first Stanley Cup. That's the hardest trophy to win in sports. But the bigger news today, in fact, is that game six of the NBA Finals is today. We are... Super spoiled with how many great playoff series we've had so far. This helps the like seriously though, like the fact that both of these have been able to go like six plus games, like talking about the Stanley Cup finals and the NBA finals, makes this summer break where we don't have a lot of sports to watch in general, like so much easier to handle. Because now we have mini camps that's starting to open up, like mandatory mini camps, and then by the end of this month, beginning of July, we'll have training camps start to open up all over. And then God decided to give us another sports gift with this whole HBO Hard Knocks thing. Can you believe that Hard Knocks, they, they want the Raiders. They want to see Gruden do his thing. Okay, then they want to see Antonio Brown 
Vontez Perfect and Richie Incognito all be on camera. Like, if there's a god, he just loves chaos and turmoil when it comes to sports because that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Those three idiots are going to be on film constantly for our amusement, and we get to watch every day. It's going to be a freaking circus. It's so great. I love how much of, of a circus that's going to be and how great it's going to be for entertainment. They're probably going to win an Emmy. They probably might win an Emmy for how much of a circus and how much fun it is to watch those idiots all at the same time. But that's freaking awesome. Super pumped about that. I might even watch just so I can watch how much of an ass Antonio Brown makes out of himself and how much Vontez Perfect tries to fight someone in training camp and then Richie Incognito bullies somebody else on the offensive line. And there's so many dynamics. You got you got a white player who's an asshole. You got a black player who's an asshole, right? You got a coach who's an idiot. You got a young quarterback who's probably going to want to fight Antonio Brown by the end of it. Like, it's going to be wild. And then... Then they have three rookies who were supposed to be these leadership guys that come from championship-winning college teams, and they were leaders on their teams. It's like, well, good luck, because you got three you know, veteran idiots that are just looking to just have fun and be in front of the camera and do stupid stuff. So thanks, God, and thanks, the football um, people, for picking the Raiders for Hard Knocks. Awesome. It's great, great, huge for the program. Love to see it. Anyway, back to the game six part of the NBA, right? I'm not going to beat that with a dead horse. I've talked about it a lot on the show, but I am excited for it. Um, definitely is an interesting narrative. Just the fact that this is the last time that any game will be played at Oracle Arena. I think that's it's a pretty it's a pretty big thing. Anytime you close one of those old barns down for the last time, it's it's a big deal. And we should see a lot of people go out. There's probably going to be a lot of people tailgating around the whole arena tonight, not just going inside, but just be there and around it. And I think overall it's going to be a good game. I'm not I'm not 100% riding the Golden State bandwagon win tonight. I think I think they could win if everyone plays well, but I think they also could lose. So it'll just see. I think it would benefit everyone if they forced a game seven, but we'll see how it goes. I think they have a lot of things to overcome. So I'm not going to beat that dead horse anymore. But I do want to talk about something that has been kind of controversial over the past couple of days. It happened on, I think, Tuesday is when the uh, Women's World Cup team, if you follow soccer, I am not someone who follows soccer, but I do enjoy women's soccer more than I enjoy men's soccer. And it has nothing to do with anything but that the women, I don't know, to me, it look, just seems like they play harder. And they don't flop as much. And they don't whine. Anyway, so if you were watching or you had heard through the like, you know, on the echo chamber that is Twitter or through the media or on radio... The women beat Thailand. So the U.S. women's team beat Thailand, which is now a World Cup record 13 to nothing. Okay. This isn't baseball. This isn't football. Okay. What well, is football over in Europe? But soccer, they scored 13 goals. 13. 13 goals. 
And then everybody, I guess, jumped on the fact that after every single one of those goals, they like celebrated like they had won, you know, the World Cup basically by like every person who scored a goal for the U.S. women's team like freaked out and scored and, you know, tried to score a bunch of freaking goals or, or try, I'm sorry, try, like they scored a bunch of goals and then they would celebrate really hard after those goals. And that's where this controversy comes from is everybody was all upset that they were over celebrating and they said it was embarrassing for Thailand and that, you know, they shouldn't celebrate like that, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's the narrative I bring into it, okay? I can understand, I understand both sides of the argument. If I was coaching the women's team, I wouldn't want them to act like they had just won the Super Bowl after every time they scored and rang up a, like the score against like that small country of Thailand, right? And, and I would have, I would have coached them differently. I would have told them, no, don't do that. You know, have a little class, you know, like act like you've been there before because they have been there before. But I understand why they celebrate hard because the, what the women's world cup only happens like, what is it? Every three years or something or two years or so. I mean, like there's time off and this is the biggest stage and this is what gets them all their endorsement money and everything. So they're trying to take full advantage of the situation. So I completely understand both sides of the argument of why they would celebrate and why you would say not to do it. But at the same time, I want everyone to recognize one thing. Watching the U.S. women's team is like the same, the equivalent on the sport, right? I'm not talking about genders. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about the equivalent of the sport of watching the U.S. women's soccer team is like watching the like the old basketball dream teams, like the 90, was it the 94 dream team? Right, like the 94 dream team, I'm, if you guys are, are not understanding the, 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 the concept, right? The dream team was... The NBA basketball team was assembled for the Olympics in 1994. Right? That's like, I'm talking like Magic. I'm talking like Jordan. Right? I'm talking like every dude ever in that era who was good at basketball played on that team. Right? Coached by Coach K. I think it was Coach K. It might have been, it might have been Phil Jackson. I don't know. It won, either way, it was coached. It was, it was the best team ever assembled. Like, ever, right? That's why it was called the Dream Team, okay? And they went out, and this is a team that dropped 70 points on Angola, okay? And they were running up and down the like the floor like they were Harlem Globetrotters, okay? Like, celebrating hard after every score. Like, they beat, they beat Angola by 70 points, okay? That's a lot. So, we didn't say anything then about them running up the score and celebrating, right? In fact, we all sat there and were like, dream team, woo! So now you want to say, no, you can't do that. You got to act like you've been there before when they beat Thailand 13 nothing. No, 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 no. You can't do that because ding, 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 ding. What is that on the show, guys? What is it called? Oh, that's called hypocriticalism. Yay! My favorite subject, right? Yes. No. You can't do that because that makes you a hypocrite. If you want to talk about the men's basketball team beating and destroying Angola and celebrating after every single dunk when they destroyed them 70 points in 1994, then you can't do it when the women beat Thailand 13-0 and celebrate after every goal they score. You can't do it because that's called hypocriticalism. Okay, You have to call them as you seize them. Okay, 
if you want it to be okay for one team to celebrate when they're really good and they destroy a third world country, then you should also celebrate when the U.S. women score and they beat Thailand's not a third world country. Maybe it is in some parts, but a third world bat, uh, a third world soccer country. Okay, and this is where I have a problem with the women's World Cup in general. Okay, you have. Teams like Jamaica, right, who said they were just happy to be there when they played Brazil earlier last week. Okay, first off, this is what's wrong with us in in the FIFA organization as a whole, okay? They're just like, oh, let's include everyone, blah, 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 blah. Okay, no, stop that nonsense, okay? It doesn't make sense for me to say, okay, there's what? 400 million people in the United States, I think that's what it is, right? 400 million, something like that, 500 million, I don't know, somewhere like that. And then like, okay, let's face a country like Jamaica, who probably has an an entire population of less than like, you know, 2 million or a million people, I bet. Maybe not even that many. So it's like, you put them in the same stage as where the United States is. The United States also has a entire women's soccer culture that is college. Okay, which we can go down a deeper rabbit hole with the whole Title IX thing, but that's why the college, women's college soccer is so good, is because of Title IX. So now, and if you don't know what that is, look it up or email me, and I'll tell you. Basically, Title IX is what is what the whole rule that the federal government put in place that says schools have to give out the same amount of scholarships to men as females. So if one school gives out 100 male scholarships. They have to give out 100 female scholarships for sports. Has to be equal. Has to be the same. So this is why you've had this insurgence of college soccer for females be so good. Anyway, back to the story. So you go back to what I'm saying is that you have a country full of women in America who are great at soccer. They play for the American team. They're amazing. You also have a population of like 500 million people you get to pull from. Then you go to Jamaica, who only has a million people who live in it. And then you have to pull a population of a million people to try to put together a team to beat the team that has a a greater resource of people to pull from, okay? So why are we feeling that it's okay to include these teams? Why is that that a big—why does we feel like we have to include everyone? Make the tournament smaller. Make it harder to get in, okay? Make it so that you only have good teams that play each other. Because no one wants to see a 13-0 game, okay? That's boring. It's if you won, you all you did was embarrass Thailand on a national stage, which is whatever. I could give two shits of who was embarrassed. Okay, you signed up to play with the big boys, big women. Sorry, you you signed up for the big leagues and you blew it. Sorry, I don't have any sympathy for you. Okay, like I said, I'm on both sides of the argument here. I think that women should be able to do whatever they want to do. At the same time, I wouldn't tell them to do that because I, that's just not my style. I'm not that kind of person. But I'm going to defend them either way because of what I said before: hypocriticalism. So I'm saying, why do we feel like we need to include these small countries to play with the with the with the superpowers that are the United States, France, England, right? Brazil, even they have a, like you know a big population. They have good soccer players, right? There's a culture there for soccer. Right? Why do we feel like it's okay to invite these small teams, as in the Thailands, the Jamaicas, the smaller African nations like South Africa, stuff like that? Right, like, why do we feel it's okay to include them if they just are gonna get beat at the big stage by big powerhouse teams? We don't need to do that, okay? Why don't you have two different tournaments? One with the bigger countries, you say, okay, you need to have a population of X to play in this tournament, right? Then over here, you say you need to have a population of Y to play in this tournament, 
and then those three those teams play each other, and then these teams play each other. And then you have two brackets, right? Like a winners and a losers bracket, or or you don't even have to call it that. It's just two brackets, two different sections, right? Because it just makes it fair. Like we do that in high school. Okay, that's exactly how high school sports are played. Okay. If you're from anywhere, I don't the system probably changes. But in Pennsylvania, right, in western Pennsylvania in the Whippeals, you have a tier system. Okay? And it goes by single A, which means you're a small school. Single A all the way to quint A, which is 5A, which means you're the biggest school possible. And that's how they group you into your own categories in your own divisions. So if you're a big school and you're a 5A school, that means you can only play other 5A teams. And if you're a single-A school, which means you're a very small school and your population isn't that big, you can only play single-A teams, right? So if we do that at a high school level, why can we not do that on the world's biggest stage and say, listen, you have to have a population of this much, okay? Because that's exactly how it works at high school. What I just said is they take you a whole census of your entire school population and that puts you inside a bracket, Okay, of are you single A, double A, triple A, quad A, quint A? And then you get put into that level based on your school's population of the whole school district, right? So why don't we just use that same freaking example that already exists in life and say, let's tier these countries. You don't have to make seven different tiers, okay? You just need you just need one or two. Just have one, one tier be for the powerhouses and the bigger population countries. The other tier be for the smaller population countries, okay? And then those teams can eventually work their way in. So say like a team over here is absolutely destroying the competition, right? Then you can move them over to the big boy bracket or, you know, big league bracket and see what happens. Maybe they lose. Maybe they win. I'm saying you could still play upsets like that. It's still allowed. But I'm saying there's no point in making this in tournament all inclusive so everybody feels good about life because that's not what happens. You end up seeing what you saw on Tuesday, a 13-0 game where they absolutely decimated the competition. So I'm tired of like the world favor of oh let's let's let everyone play cuz everyone's entitled and everyone you know needs to feel good about themselves. Like it's it's ridiculous. And I'm also sick of the people bitching about them celebrating and scoring because we as a nation we did the same thing for the dream team. We let them celebrate and we said nothing which is so hypocritical. And then on top of that, I will say the the female coach, like the coach for the female U.S. women's team, she said something that was so stupid too. And I'm going to take her, take her to task too. And that is that she said that if the men's team would have done the same thing that the women's team did, so say the men's team played, like the men's, you know, the U.S. men's team played the Thailand men's team in a soccer match, in a World Cup game, and they beat Thailand 13 to nothing, same exact scenario, and they celebrated after every goal. She said that the men's team would not be punished or even talked about on the on the radio for what they did or anywhere, on any media, for what they did for celebrating after their 13 goals. And she's 100% wrong, okay? They would have got eviscerated. They would have been absolutely taken to task bet over the log so to speak and just absolutely brutally humiliated for what they did like in the in today's culture god we would have never heard the end of it of 
of them celebrating and embarrassing another country like that. And that would have been like the big, like, you know, it, 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 it's just the way the country is right now. It would have been like the men taboo of, you know, they would have been absolutely taken to task. It would have been way worse. In fact, I'm not trying to make this a political thing at all, but the fact that we've handled this situation at all, but slightly different, because if, if, like I said, if it was a men's team that was doing the same as that thing, they would have been eviscerated. They're not being, the women's team isn't being eviscerated for this. You have people on both sides of the argument, right? And they're actually handling it pretty well, which I'm saying there shouldn't be at all, okay? There shouldn't be a big deal about it at all, because as a society, an entire society, we watched a basketball team, the dream team, absolutely destroy teams. And we enjoyed every single freaking second of it. It was like we had front row seats to the Harlem Globetrotters with everybody's favorite team that literally united a country because everybody in every major city who watched NBA basketball had a player on the team who dominated and everyone loved every second of it. And we cheered and we screamed and we loved the dream team and we still talk about the dream team and yet they're the ones who embarrass countries way worse than the women's national team ever did. So you can't sit there and say that and then be okay or not okay with the way the U.S. women handle themselves. So I say, everyone, get get out of here. Get out of here. Leave it alone. Nobody cares. Nobody freaking cares. Okay, they won. They also got three points, which advances them into their path to the, you know, World Cup finals or World Cup whatever. I don't know. I don't follow soccer. I just know they got three points out of it. But listen, we need to stop. We need to stop this as a nation. Who cares? Who freaking cares, okay? Like I said, I wouldn't have coached them to celebrate like that after every single freaking goal. I wouldn't have done that. That's just me personally, okay? But I'm not mad that they did it. So everyone who sits there and actually gets upset at this, like, there's bigger fish to fry, okay? Go figure out your life. Okay, the women scoring 13 goals and you getting mad about it is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, there's there's way more important things in life that are happening and you just need to calm the fuck down. It is not a big deal. It is not. Ugh. People, man, I tell you, people are nuts. It, it's it it drives me crazy to see this stuff like that this is getting headlines. Like it's bad enough that, you know, like, I feel like the U.S. women's team doesn't get that much recognition because I like I don't know if anyone saw the difference in games over the weekend, but the U.S. men's played a friendly match versus Venezuela and got absolutely eviscerated. So it's kind of nice that the U.S. has a soccer team that's actually really good and we should be supporting them 100%. I can understand if you're like me and you're not, you would have done it differently and you would have told them, hey, knock off the celebration, guys. We're, we're destroying them. It's, it's not a big deal. Okay, just come back. We'll celebrate after. We'll go out and have a good time. We'll have a pizza party or whatever. I'm saying that we should be supporting them 100% because if you watch the men's team, they're absolutely trash. They're terrible. They're garbage. They're terrible. They're garbage. And then on the flip of the coin, we have the greatest team probably ever assembled. Anyway, so like I said, game six tonight. What's going to happen? What's the narrative? You guys should hit me up on my DM on 
the rant with Eli at Instagram. Let me know what you think is going to happen in this game. Let me know what you guys want to talk about because we could end all basketball talk tonight other than a recap of the game or whatever. And then it'll be over. And then we'll have no basketball talk about potentially. And we'll have to start uh, and then off to actually start doing my real homework again, doing all my NFL analysis because I've been kind of putting it off. But I will be doing it. I'm going to go by division, who I think will be the division champion of each division. And that's, I don't do any like playoff predictions besides like who will make the playoffs. I don't do that until I actually get there. I'm not going to put the cart before the horse. But what I will do is I will go division by division and I will say who will win each division, who my prediction is to win the division and why they're my prediction to win the division. And I'm going to figure out where I'm going to start. I don't know if I'm going to, I might go like, I'll probably do like, um, the, like whatever the South, like the South, like the South, North, East, West pairing. So it'll be like AFC South, NFC South, blah, 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 right? All the way down. So thanks a lot for listening, guys. I appreciate it. I'm at over 200 total listens, like 207 total listens, which is awesome. Please keep sharing uh, the podcast if you enjoy it. Let me know if you want me to do something in particular, whatever sport, doesn't matter. You can email me at therantEli at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at therantwitheli and uh, continue to share. I'll continue to post stuff on that Instagram page. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, And I'll see you when I see you.